0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Revel Chums, the place where film truly meets friendship. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose. Uh, this is season two, episode four. After talking Toy Story 2 last week, we're going one step further in our Pixar Odyssey, through the door of our bedroom closets and into the realm of Monsters Inc. With us, as usual, we have myself, Rob, Andy. Hello. Jake. Aya. And making her very first appearance as our guest this week, we have a very good friend of ours. This is a song about a superhero named. That's right, we have Tony.
1: Hello, guys. Hello, so, Tony.
0: Hello, token female. Now, <laughs> basically, the way that we organised this season, we got some of our friends to guest on episodes, as you've obviously worked out from the three before this one. Um, Tony friends and, and our parents. And our parents, yes. But my parents jumped at the chance to be on... The, the, Toy, one, the Toy Story one. Jay jumped at the chance to be on um, Bug's Life yeah. and not happy to be there. For just, just because of circumstances, Tony. Why did you want to jump in at this one?
1: Um, Monsters Inc. is probably the one I remember the most from being younger. Aside from Bug's Life, but Bug's Life was already taken. Yes,
2: a Bug's Life is also my childhood one as well.
1: Monsters Inc. is just the one that I just always remember from being younger. I remember pretty much everything about it, <laughs> down to like the intro with the doors and the yes. funny monster letters and everything <laughs> like that. I just love it so much. Oh,
0: good. Well, I'm. I'm I mean, that's to be honest. That's one of the I mean, obviously, it's very unfortunate that Noah isn't on every episode, but at the same time, I'm also loving the fact that we're getting people on, specifically almost, that, like, it feels like we've scientifically engineered each episode <laughs> <laughs> to have somebody on it who absolutely adores the film that we're talking about in ways that maybe, like... Because, obviously, when we were doing the Star Wars ones, Andy, you absolutely loved all of them. I loved... Attack the clowns Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you love it in a way that means that you would watch it comfortably you know if it was on tv he loves it because, because it's got
3: the word star wars at the front of it <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah you kind of love it unconditionally if you know what I mean. yeah i kind of love yeah. it
3: like i love a child who makes my life hell but nonetheless i still have well, you love I it but you don't like it very much yeah you're
0: okay <laughs> yeah. um and like jake obviously like you came to love star wars and i loved the original trilogy of star wars and we could all talk about it really enthusiastically and we could learn things that maybe we haven't considered before from somebody like nor who was a complete Newbie to like the franchise and stuff, and then for this one, it feels like we've gone out to people who are like my mum, who me and my mum have like a special relationship with the Toy Story films, and Jay has a special relationship with Bug's Life, and Tony has a special relationship with Monsters Inc. and stuff, and it's yeah, it's really good world. to have like everybody talking about these films really enthusiastically because just to kind of segue into how I feel about Monsters Inc. I have seen this film maybe once, maybe once <gasps> really, in a because I think I've actually managed to work What's out an why. <laughs> I had Toy Story on VHS, I had Bugs Life on VHS and DVD or whatever, Toy Story 2 as well, and The Incredibles and Finding Nemo. Mm. And that's it. I didn't have Monsters Inc. And it meant that I never got to know Wally, Up, or, or any of the sort of like post Incredibles or cars, like the Pixar films, kind of like as well as the really early ones because I just never owned them, which meant they never went on every time I was ill off school or Mm -hmm. bored on a weekend or something and Monsters Inc we just never I mean I obviously have it on DVD now because I've had to buy it for this but like I have just never never owned it I've watched it once and I remember enjoying it and I know all the bits that everybody knows like Put that thing back where it came from, well, so, help me. And, so help me. So help me. So help me. See, I know the line and everything, and I know that it's um, Billy Crystal and John Goodman. And I remember my... Spoils. um, I remember watching it, I think I've seen it twice. I think I saw it once when I was a kid, and then once about three or four years ago, because my then-girlfriend, I remember her telling me that she was really freaked out by Randall
1: yeah.
0: when she was a kid. Like, she He's really, like, was you. properly irked she by him. Good made his made a skin crawl that that kind of thing so i i remember bits and pieces from it and like obviously Norv has been messaging me all week with um, we've got a 2319 do you know the meaning of 2319? You're
1: gonna 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 show that, that random fact that's being spread around It's Something the to do with white socks and it's isn't on it? white WS. sock, but it, it's not it's not. It's, it's just it, it's one it just of those nice things that people just have tried of to make a retroactively <laughs> a thing. Yeah, you know, like when we were discussing news, the the so-called uh, news acronym knows, the other week.
2: Notable events, weather and sport. It's just
1: one of those things that people <laughs> have done, and if I'm wrong, then Brad Bird can send me a letter. <laughs> tell me,
3: <laughs>
1: which Bird. I'm sure from,
3: he
2: will from
1: Pixar, which I'm sure is listening to this podcast, he can send a letter my way to tell me that I'm wrong. I would and like I, to
2: think that Pixar are very um, precise with their filmmaking, they
1: are, they are very, but mm-hmm.
2: it feels
3: like a kind of thing I that Pixar of, would do.
2: I
1: feel like I remember that one of that there was an outtake, you know, when the Pixar do their eight outtakes, mm. and they said the same thing, and it wasn't a white sock. And I might just be clutching at straws because I want to be right. <laughs> I feel like I remember that, or I've just invented it.
3: <laughs> I mean, it could be a coincidence, couldn't it? It's, it's I mean, it, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Who
2: Absolutely. knows? What about yeah. you two? Well, I remember this film very well,
3: because I was never that big of a fan of the Toy
2: Stories as a kid, so it was always A Bug's Life and Monsters, Inc. for me. Um, not quite as well as A Bug's Life, because I had that on VHS, but I remember this one very well, because when DVDs first came out as a thing... My uncle was one of the first people to get a DVD player.
1: <laughs> in <And> the world.
2: <laughs> within our immediate family, you know. Um, <laughs> and so I'd go to his house and be in awe of his massive DVD collection that he built up over the years. And he had loads of DVDs. And one of them was Monsters Inc. And obviously, as a child, you know, it's an animated monster. You're going to pick that one out of all the DVDs. It's
3: either that or Donnie Darko. This is a good one to start on DVD um, as well.
1: Yeah. I think this is the first one I had on DVD. I remember having Bugs oh, Life on VHS. Yeah. I think that's why I love this one so much because I remember getting it as a present, and I'm the same as you. I think it was the first time I kind of saw a film on DVD.
2: And every time I went around to my
3: uncle's, I'd watch it every single time. So
1: oh. I do know this
3: film very well, just like Tony. Yeah. What about you, Andy? Uh, well, for me, this one fell at a very, very good age for me. I think it's kind of because, well, me and Tony, t- Tony, Tony, are quite similar ages. <laughs> And so it's sort of maybe similar story for us in that this came out when I was nine years old Mm. and it's sort of the perfect age for a Pixar film really because I was still a kid, like a proper actual innocent kid. This is sort of the last one for Pixar for me with that because the next one was Finding Nemo when I was in high school. Yeah. Well, only in year seven, but still. This is the that first. That's kind of the cut off point, yeah. Isn't it? And this that is the is last one where I was a proper wide eyed kid, but I was still old enough to, you know, appreciate it and remember the lines and get proper addicted to it and stuff. So I actually, although I haven't seen it in many years for whatever reason, I do actually remember quite a lot of it and I absolutely loved it. And I also want to uh, mention the thing that was on the end of the EHS which was the Mike's New Car <gasps> short. Yes, which with I the used red to, car! Oh, it, it was absolutely hysterical. Like, oh, so yeah, that I remember so that. Emotional. I remember
1: that. That was on the DVD as well, but it was one of the, like, the options on the menu. But yeah, I remember. And was this the one that had the birds on the line Yes, short. for the
3: birds, is the short of
2: the opening oh, of this, yeah.
1: that just... Oh, I loved that so much.
2: Something that is so early 2000s as well. I remember this being on DVD so well because it was one of those <laughs> Disney DVDs that had those DVD games, those really <gasps> shitty games yes. that you play with DVD controller. What was it? What was it was, game? it was like, oh, you have to like pick the correct door yes, or something yes, it, was like, it
1: was like almost like purrs, but with doors. Yeah, That's literally all it was. It was oh. like, find a matching purr.
2: And it's like, you know, I had a PlayStation at home. I don't know why I would sit here playing this DVD <laughs> game thinking but how amazing did. it is that I can play a game on a DVD when was, I could go home and play Rayman or something like I think that. when I was a
0: kid that was one thing I always found really frustrating because my um, grandparents' house had Sky TV and mine didn't, so I used to come round and I used to play the, the Sky. Bumblebee game. Game. The Bumblebee game! Oh. And I remember I used to go home and I used to sit on my PS1 or PS2 or whatever I had at the time and I was thinking, like, oh yeah, this is great, ah, oh, this is amazing. And then, like, you would play a Sky game with one remote that you could only press one That's button That's all 2 times crappy graphics. And you would still find it absolutely <laughs> fascinating and I have no idea why. But, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, um, that's an odd tangent to go we've off got on. Yeah. We've got the DVD on now. Is the game on it? Do you think? Could we play the game? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a reissue of the DVD, so maybe not. But oh,
2: I guess we'll it Before we watch the film, we will check the DVD features to see if they have the yeah. game.
1: New um, feature on the podcast. I DVD mean, features. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we could have like a supplementary show that people have to pay us for on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, a dollar a month. Listen <laughs> or else. to, listen uh, to
1: Rob read out the menu. Two
0: ninety nine. Right, we're going to jump in and punch it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right, let's get a move on, people. We are on in seven.
2: Eastern Seaboard, coming online. <laughs> the creators of Toy Story.
3: In, hey, what's shaking, bacon? Did you lose weight
2: or a limb? Take you into the world behind your closet door.
1: Roz, you're looking fabulous today. Is that a new haircut? New makeup. You've had a lift. You've had a tuck. You've had something. Ah!
2: We've always been afraid monsters were there. Scary
3: feet, scary feet,
1: scary feet. Oh, the kid's
2: awake. Waiting to
0: scare us. Twins! And a bunk bed! But what we didn't know is that we scared them. What happened? The kid almost touched me. You can't touch a child. They're toxic. If a kid ever got through one of our doors, the results would be catastrophic. Okay. Ah! Walt Disney Pictures presents... Is a killing machine!
2: A Pixar Animation Studios film.
0: No! There's a kid here! A human kid!
3: We can neither confirm nor deny the presence of a human child! Let's keep it! I always wanted a pet that could
0: kill me! What are you
3: doing?
2: Monsters Incorporated.
3: It's a musical! Put that thing back where it came from, or
1: so help me! So help me! So help me!
0: And cut! Alright, <laughs> uh, so we're back after watching Monsters Inc. Um, It's the first time I've seen it in a long time, it's actually. it the first time I've seen it. There was a lot of that stuff, a lot of yeah. the film I just did not remember. Big moments from that film that I just, I had not, when, when we were going into it, I was like, where is this going again? And then, yeah, so I was able to remind myself of a few things, and it was nice to know that I remembered more than I really thought I remembered, but I didn't remember anywhere near as much as, like, Bug's Life, which I haven't seen in years, Toy Story, which I've not seen in a long time, so... Well, you said you've only seen it, like, one and a half Yeah, times, once I when I was a kid, maybe, and then once more, maybe about four or five years ago, and even then I was only half watching, because I was just, like, on the sofa at my uh, ex-girlfriend's house, so... It's been a long time since I've watched it, but I pretty
2: much remember everything. I
1: yeah, think. same, but I think I watched it a lot. Yeah. So I think the only thing that
2: surprised us was how quickly it goes now, watching it now. Yeah, it like, just
1: got going so fast. Yeah, it's fast like
3: that. It feels like Boo's probably in it what, like, ten minutes in or something, of, mm.
1: Probably that, not like even or, that. Yeah. yeah. I think Which is good. You need that if it's a kid's film. Generally
0: I think they spend more time getting to the first forty minutes than they do in the last 40 minutes. Like, m- less seems to happen in the first 40 minutes. Like, the world building, it seems like they take more time with it But mm. than, than any kind of resolution. Like, there are bits in that film where you think, OK, this could really, like, this could add another whole, like, arc of the film. Like, when they get abandoned, uh, when they get banished, sorry, in the, uh, the, Him- the Himalayas, when they get sent to the Himalayas, you kind of sit there thinking, right, OK, this could really feasibly take 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes to get back.
1: And it's like five. But it's
0: not much of a struggle. Like, it does kind mm. of just... It just kind of go. Like, they spend as long introducing... I mean, there's that one scene at the beginning. Um well, I mean, they, they spend a good, like, 30, 40 minutes, like, establishing the world, establishing the universe, establishing this, that, whatever. And then it's very quickly kind of, like, very snappy. I think they were kind of just conscious of time because I think Monsters Univer- Monst- the universe... Of monster i think is the biggest one they've had to build so far mm. like literally the biggest one they've had to build so far but also in terms of just the scale within the film itself i think it's the yeah. biggest one they've had to build so they spent quite a lot of time yeah there are a lot of Plus concepts the, the that previous have
1: the previous films while they're not about humans they happen in the human world mm. yes which is makes it a lot easier yeah, yeah, a lot of this stuff is, is an entirely different mm everything yeah.
2: the first 40 minutes just feels like they're having a lot of fun with the concepts of lots of different designs oh, yeah. the yeah doing oh, yeah. even just jokes Pixar, and like, and then lots of little yeah. asides like the odor and thing and then, and then after yeah. 40 minutes they have got to go oh wait no we I need got, a, a story and then, they,
3: and then they sell it which um, is it's not bad for the criticism in but that's interesting because all the way through i found that the further in we were getting the more my knowledge my memory of it was sort of dissipating like the last 15 20 minutes or so i really didn't remember much of it at all but the first half of it i remember basically all of it and maybe that's because that's where all the big ideas oh, yeah. 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 from. that's the really memorable bit of the film is the first half of it maybe
0: yeah. and yeah. so usually all. we ask the guests who their favorite character is so yeah, after all these tips. years of watching it you finally get to tell everybody who your favorite character is from this film
1: you know if you asked me when i was a child i would have said sully or possibly do yeah. But I think as an adult on reflection Sully's a bit of a of a crap. He's a bit boring, <laughs> isn't he? He's not that. Do you think it's so? just he's not a good person. Like think- Mike has his has his shortcomings perhaps. He's a little materialistic. <laughs> he can be a little bit self-obsessed, but he comes yeah. through very quickly. He comes through for Sully and always, helps yeah. him and he's always there to support him. But Sully, even in the end, is very much sort of centered on him and Boo.
0: Mm. Yeah, he does very much avoid yeah, his this best little friend. Like you so, literally uh, forgets yeah. his
1: best friend within a day of meeting this human child. And I understand that you know that they have to build the relationship between Sully, uh, between Sully and Boo, really fast for you to care about it. But I just kind of sat there for a lot of it and I thought, it's mm, not that nice. But obviously, that resolves itself. So I think Mike is probably my favourite character. Damn it all.
0: Why Mike? Damn, that was mine. <laughs>
1: because he, he's the one who has the most growth.
2: And he's uh, definitely the funnier of the two of them. He's
1: funny. That's definitely... Yeah, he's definitely funny. But I just... I think he he's the most real. He's the most sensible, probably. And he definitely has the most kind of growth out hmm. of the two of them. I think Sully very much stays himself um. throughout yeah okay
3: yeah totally uh, I, mean, I, I would agree with what you say about how now that we're older you prefer mike because i i think as a kid i saw mike as being like the cause of conflict a lot of the time yeah. like he was yeah. getting he was into Sully's way he was the careless like he, one he was dragging his feet yeah. while Sully was trying to sort things out but now i feel like at the moments where mike calls him out he's completely right to call yeah. him out for the things that he Especially does and remind him that they've got a friendship when that he's, been banished. Yeah. And that, he's, and that Sully's ruining other people's lives by what he's doing. I think Mike is entirely in the right throughout most of the film. Yeah. 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 Well,
1: Sully's quite selfish.
3: Yeah. That, and I don't, but, I'm, not,
1: I'm, not, I'm not necessarily... He's not in a nasty way. In a self-centred way. Yeah. Just in he very much thinks he's doing what's right, and regardless of the consequences. And so he's just going to bull in a china shop his way through it.
3: Maybe that's one of the sort of phenomenons that you get with a film that's made for kids is that you have to have a designated hero who is the good guy. They just are. It's like Woody in Toy Story, who is not very nice. Not very likeable, but Yeah. Yeah. And even in Toy Story 2, sometimes he's not very nice at all, but he is the hero. So anyone who questions him is seen as an antagonist, or at least behaving in an antagonistic mm-hmm. way. And it's nice coming to these films as adults and seeing that there's actually much yeah. more, there's more depth complexity is, to it. Than yeah, that it's I
2: mean. a testament to... It, because we've done this for quite a few Pixar films now where we've looked at characters very differently now compared to when we looked at them mm. as a kid. Yeah, it's a testament to how good Pixar is at designing and building their characters. Yeah, that you can look Absolutely. at them in one stage of your life and see them in different ways as you would yeah. when you grow
3: up. The writing feels very real. I feel yeah. like it flows very naturally, yeah.
0: Um, I'd like to maybe talk about silly a little bit more because I think he's a nicer character than I think we've just given him credit for. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a lovely guy.
1: I mean he cares a lot, obviously, but maybe that's his downfall in a way. He cares yeah, too much about one much. thing. Yeah. Because like,
0: the, the natural reaction, obviously the sensible thing to do, we were all sat here saying it, the sensible thing to do in that restaurant when everything goes to shit. Is to leave Boo there and just yeah let everybody else take care of it. Let's and, but his first reaction is to just grab her, and go right okay. Let's go. We're, 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 we're definitely it. taking responsibility for this, even if it sabotages everything that we've worked for. And, and is
1: toxic. Maybe yeah. that's
0: because he doesn't have a child
3: of his own.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean yeah. my, I
2: an to that, it.
3: but I think uh, he's also just a very innocent, instinctive person he yeah. yeah. just thinks before he acts. Uh, sorry, acts before he thinks, whereas Mike is the opposite. Mike is very sort of logical and
0: analyzes things to the nth degree yeah, kind of alphabetizes yeah. his Maybe CDs. to
1: his detriment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sully yeah. is basically... In... yeah, in so, in, He's impulsive to a fault. Yeah, but,
1: Sully, but in some ways, Mike wouldn't do or be a lot of what he does or is if it wasn't for Sully's impulsiveness, yeah. and Sully would probably be in prison yeah, if it wasn't couple. for Mike holding him back. So they kind of yeah. balance each other out. And the perfect but, couple. Yeah, yeah,
0: um, because of how she was put together. I mean, I know we we talked about it a little bit, but um, how Boo was put together, how they put their voice lines together. You know what how, is interesting? What would you make of like Boo generally? Because as a child,
2: I didn't realize that Boo was just sort of saying random words. I just, I just, what I heard it, she was saying. I just heard like, her make noises. And well, just, the hook you know. is
0: Kitty, isn't it? Like yeah. that's yeah. the. One thing that we all definitely know that she it wasn't says. until Tony pointed Mike Wasowski. Or was it um, yeah. you who
3: pointed out it's the director's daughter's random streams. So. I believe it's the director. Yeah, it's just they just put a mic to the director's daughter for a few evenings, and I think that's it. That's all it is. Yeah, I believe Which, so.
0: Which you know, nice and creative way of doing it. I think. Yeah, I think
1: it's good because it gives kids someone to recognise as like them without yeah. needing to necessarily give them a voice.
0: Well, she's she's basically like. I, I, I don't quite know the word for this, but like it's always
1: surrogate, yeah,
0: or cipher, maybe or something. You know, she she's like, she's like a window into it. Like, you know, I was I'm I was thinking about this. Like, who, uh, who are we supposed to? who is whose eyes are we supposed to be looking through mm-hmm. here? And then yeah. it, you kind of wait around for it a little bit, and it turns out that you're supposed to be looking through Boo's eyes initially.
1: Things yeah. change
0: as things go on, I think. But yeah, but to be honest, like. Um, you know how usually, like, with Toy Story and with Bug's Life, we were kind of umming and iron over who to pick because there were so many. I, I don't know if you could say that, like, Randall's no, your favourite character. Like, or, like, what was his name? Wh- Windle Noose? What Noose? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I agree.
2: Other than Mike and Sully and possibly Celia, mm. like, there's, there are a lot of characters. Like, they spend a lot of time building all these monsters and all of this world and all of the quirky stuff that the monsters do, but there's only two real characters that are developed here because you can't say Boo yeah, develops yes. as a character. because I don't Boo is a character, really. Boo is basically a plot device. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he's a character at all. Um, yeah. It's just, this is about the relationship between Mike and Sully and the things that they go
0: through, and it's only about them. There's no other character in yeah. moment in the rest of the film. I mean, Michael's a good villain and stuff because he's really creepy. Oh, yeah. Like, the way that he, like, could just disappear and reappear into the frame at any moment is something that really works in his favour when he's basically when you're when he's trying to make you scared like when the filmmakers are trying to make you scared they can just take him out and put him in and make him basically I mean invisibility is like the superpower I think everybody in their darkest minds wishes they all had <laughs> yeah. you know so I do think is go on sorry go no, on. he's
1: quite believable as well as, a, as an antagonist he's quite believable because you, yeah, there's a rivalry, so that's it's still why still relatively
0: he, normal as well. Yeah, that's
1: why he hates Sully because there's this rivalry, mm. and he's probably always felt a little bit marginalised because here's Sully who's better than him. So he was a good pick for like Mr. Wharton to go after to potentially use him yeah. as a pawn and whatever. Because it's, it's he knew that he would
3: try and
2: it's he's desperate enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's believable that he would do that. Yeah, and
3: I think I think that's a that's a good example of the script resolving its own problem before it gets there because <laughs> I was thinking about Randall in the first half of the film, I was like, he's too obviously evil. Like he's too he's too clearly this guy who's gonna be doing crafty stuff, cheating behind the scenes. Like he's a pantomime villain. And well, I mean they do establish that he's cheating within the first half well, of the film. exactly that. no, but you think anyway no, I mean to the other people in the film, he's just so obviously not a nice guy. Yeah. He's he's like wearing a sign on his head basically that says, I'm evil but then mm-hmm. you find out that he's working for Water News, so he's protected by the guy at the very, very top, which means mm. that he can be a Phantom Which villain, because who's he going to get that, in trouble
0: with? Like, it's something I want to get into a little bit later, to be honest. But I'm not. Like, I'm convinced by Randall as a villain. I'm not quite sure they pull off the randall is the villain but mr waternoose was the, the real the villain the pul- 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 mm-hmm. i don't know if that gets yeah I, 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 I don't know if they pull that off like but waternoose's motivation
2: is supposed to be that he wants to save the company at any cost and there's this energy crisis going yeah. on so unless he figures out a way to get more screams out of children then he's not gonna you know the company's gonna go bust and this company's apparently been in his family for three generations mm-hmm. which in giant crabby is could be, you know... Sorry, ages. Could be be several hundred years, probably. Yeah. You
0: know. Is he a crab or a spider crab? or He's a crab.
2: He's a got, crab. like, hard-shell legs, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But he also has eight eyes. Who knows? Maybe I mean, he's what is something is from he the human bird? world. What's Mike Wazowski? Tennis ball. A large pea. A tennis <laughs> ball and a large pea crossed with an eye. With legs. And horns. Yeah. yeah. It's...
1: Anyway, Mr. Waterhouse is potentially a crab. What were you saying, Jake?
2: I just... He's he's got this motivation to save the company but it just doesn't feel entirely convincing as like he's not
1: on
0: screen enough I don't think to no. really kind Can of sell it he doesn't look enough like a big bad like there's no hint that he's the big bad until the well, very end that, I, I like that with Arthur, that there is a large amount
3: of it that is not about him being some evil guy that
1: he just apparently, wants to save everyone. Well, yeah,
3: apparently they are the only company who could possibly provide power. So if the company yeah. goes defunct... Well, he wants to he feels maintain like his he to, yeah. you know, He's got a duty to provide power to the city. And and yeah, see, I think, so so I think he's not... Right. Obviously just also, like, because you've seen intentions.
0: this film a million times, you'll be able to answer my question. What is Randall's grand plan with that machine? What is that machine going to do? Sorry, so I assume that it's, is it's just paying him? Is
1: yeah, I so I, I think Randall
2: is he the obviously
1: evil... And Waternoose is is Using the classic evil. evil for good reasons. So yeah. Randall just likes extracting screams from children where Waternoose, at any cost, wants to save the company and the energy. So the, I guess the plan is but to how are kidnap...
0: methods any different? Kidnap, kidnap children, children and just take the screams take from the them screams? instead of putting everybody to work? Yeah, yeah.
1: but then, at the right. end of the day, okay. if it's going one monster keeps kidnapping different children or do they just gonna take a bunch of children and keep them and keep extracting screams?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like what's what's the business model? Yeah,
2: presumably eventually either yeah. the children'll stop screaming because they're so used to having their faces sucked by this machine <laughs> or will die.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's not just that, it's how you can't keep up production, no matter how good the scream yeah. extractor is, you can't keep up production if you've just got one monster in on it. Like eventually, yeah. what was the plan? Roll this out to the world you know, hey guys, first of all children are toxic and second of all we'd like to kidnap and torture them, okay? Well, yeah.
3: Man- Randall says he he says to Waternoose or somebody he says we won't need scarers so presumably the saving that is being made is that they won't have to pay anyone at the company, they can just kidnap kids they and take They can just keep the, the money so, and, so they could essentially yeah. do that yeah, but but I don't do think they're people. doing it for
2: money but- Waternoose is doing it to? Well, the stop the company to from going on, it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. That, is, that all is a bit murky, to be honest. And he does say, what like what News does say when he's getting arrested, he's all like, well, what are you going to do now? The energy crisis isn't going away. Which
1: is fair enough. He,
2: he's clearly doing it because he doesn't want the world to be without power. But little oh. does he know that laughter is the best
3: source of renewable energy? Laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> yeah. That feels like something... Would, that would have been discovered before now because they discovered
2: yeah. that by total yeah. coincidence. I, it does feel because a, But at the
1: end of the day, when have they ever had a human child laughing in the space? you know, the the object yeah. was never to go in and make them laugh. And they never brought one into the lab to yeah,
3: test. Yeah, don't. Has there never them. been an occasion ever where they've walked in the middle of like a sleepover where the kids are laughing? That's never happened. I know.
1: There's a lot of. I mean, I have a lot of questions, obviously, well, as an adult. Like, speak- where are all the parents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Like
2: we have, again, we have this problem a lot with Pixar films. Is like, don't the characters realize that
1: XYZ
2: XYZ? But because we're only just being introduced to the world, so Pixar have got to show. Um, interesting and funny things about the world that we can instantly recognise and think, oh, haha, ha, that's funny because they're monsters. So the one that stuck out to me is when they're walking down the street on the way to work and there's that one slug monster who um. goes over the drain and then gets sucked into it and he's like, you're a slug monster. You've been a slug monster your whole life. Surely you will know to look yeah. for these yeah. And he says it as if it's the first time it's ever happened. Surely yeah. it's not the first... no. and, and there's a lot of little things like that all the way through the film where a monster does something silly because he is a monster. Uh, or he you or know, she mainly he because most of the monsters in this film are male mm. um, and then you get a laugh out of it I mean it's obviously only there as a little quirky visual thing, thing. For the, a visual quirky thing for the audience to laugh and to build the world better
0: Yeah.
2: but then you, if you think about it deeply like the, the way we're trying to think about the world now for Monsters Inc um, obviously all of these design flaws and the ways that monsters would live would obviously have been ironed out
1: plus they needed to give sully and mike some kind of redemption because if they've basically just you know created a massive energy crisis they kind of need to give them some way to fix everything you can't end the film with like and then they all starved
2: but it's (laughs) nice it's nice to allude to the laughter thing very early on because as soon as boo's in the apartment and she she starts laughing laughing yeah the lights all have a
0: surge of energy and And presumably blow Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah it's
0: a power surge um do you want to talk about the film generally just go from the beginning. Basically, what we do is we do, I mean, there's no real acts to define this time, I don't think. No, there's maybe two acts at the beginning. But basically, we go from the beginning (laughs) and we just talk about general just bits from each bit we can't we try and go through it chronologically
3: okay but, we'll with some it, of those opening credits they're just lovely I just love that I feel
2: a little like of place though so, I've got to admit like all of it the, does weird, bit, yeah. the weird paintings of the
0: doors and the it, animations it, of the it does doors. make you think of it does make you think more of like watching it in the with, with all the Pixar films that have come out since it does make me think more of like Ratatouille the Monsters, Inc. Yeah. But it's
1: got that vibe with the music and Yeah, the kind sort of, of like draw.
0: 40s, 50s free jazz
1: yeah.
2: kind of stuff. It's, yeah. The music's great in it. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, that opening is strange. I, uh, I did in, love it, though. Though it the animation though. The animation's gorgeous. I love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it yeah. is, it it's is lovely. It's
0: something that films don't do enough where, like, with credits, with opening credits, you have a playground. All you have to do is put names on a screen and find the most interesting way to do it. I've always loved the way they do it in Easy A, where they put the text on the floor and then when people walk through it, the letters disappear. Yeah. And like you know, and, and like um, they form bits of the landscape. And even in the short film we were watching before, um, for the birds, where they make it go up and down with the mm-hmm. telephone. Yeah, the telephone I
2: noticed that. I thought. And I was there's
0: still... just, uh, there are so many ways that films can do it, and so often you just find them. They put their names up. Like James Bond films, that they're always a really good example of how to be really creative with the opening credits, and this one it does I, this really I do think thing.
2: because of that whole like the opening credits are so separate from the rest of the film does date the film a bit because it's only really older films that do that sort of thing like the old like James Bond obviously James Bond does it because it's a tradition now but now you watch a James Bond film and you see the opening credits and it's got all of the camp silly opening credits and it does date the film because um,
3: baby all the best
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, the opening scene um, I pointed out as we were watching it it's just complete exposition all the way through yes like yeah
1: but it needs to be it's necessary like six to nine year old children yeah. like basically they need to be like we're scary monsters and we scare children to get energy Like that's that's it that's what you, you need to know that in the first like 30 seconds
3: but it is a good example of that thing you just said jake of the things have treated like they're the first time it's ever happened where he's explaining like, yeah. the energy
2: system they
1: Yeah, they, like have
3: they don't world. know. Yeah, no. like, why, so why just isn't just... spoken about, like, it's like,
2: a... not... We've literally just seen a TV... Well, we are about to see a TV advert go out for Monsters, Inc. in a couple of yeah. scenes later. Presumably, they've had TV adverts before. Presumably, the monsters in the world
0: know how power I think it's generated. because they're in it.
1: I mean, to be fair, though...
0: They're excited because they're in the advert, maybe?
1: No, I think this no, is no, the floor that happens. To be fair, though, how many times have you been to training for a new job and you've heard the same pitches well, over I and over and amazing, over again. I think
0: it's kind of a riff on a couple of things. Like, I mean, before we get into like the things I really love about that scene, I think it's kind of a riff on like the health and safety, learn how to carry a cup of coffee kind of thing. It's the yeah. first thing that they're just obligated to do it because they're new. They show someone doing it wrong mm. so that they can know to do it right. It's it, Yeah. It's, I mean you have to kind of work your head around it a, a br- little bit, but it, like
2: it's not it's, it, it was never obvious as a kid watching it like looking at it as a kid I wasn't thinking I okay, kept why are they explaining this to the monsters it was just I was just watching it having fun at the characters and absorbing all of the information that was coming at the time hmm. but then watching it again as an adult it does seem too much like an exposition dump but that's fine because you know it's not entirely an adult film anyway no it's,
1: and it need yeah you need yeah. it like, and yeah, you do need
2: it because this is like this is a new quite novel concept yeah area, that's what I was going to you know. say
3: it's, it's quite a concept for kids to get their head around they probably spend that first minute or two thinking, right, so... Which is probably why they do that simulation in the first place because they need to just show you directly, right, this is how it works. Yes. And the simulation is probably meant as much for us as it is. A clever transition as
2: well, going from you thinking a child's getting scared in a bed until
0: suddenly, nope, I love the way that scene expands. You're in a month as well. absolutely adore great. the way that scene expands and then, like, the curtain, effectively, the curtain comes up. <laughs> Hey have the have this universe, kids. Like yeah. and uh, I I love the way that like they make that universe like operate just like that off the yeah. bat. And um, I just I just love the way that like they go from that scene and then immediately you're out in the factory and I love the way the factory works, like the design of the factory is actually really great. Like I don't know why, but it all seems just to fit together. Like you know like when you go into a cinema and you wish you could see like a dollhouse of it to see how it all fits. Like how the hell do you fit all those screens in there? But like with the factory, you never quite get well, like where co- each corridor leads. Like you th- they just have four basic places, which is just the lobby, the the factory floor where all the screaming goes on, the men's room, yeah, yeah, and eventually that deeper, darker corridor. Well, that's like and also the uh, simulation. The, in, room, but, yeah.
2: the thing that I always found quite intriguing was like I always wondered why the factory was so huge. Or at least, you know, you wonder why the factory's so big, but then you get to the end of the film and they go into that massive room with all the doors and all the windows, and you think, ah, that's why the factory's so big because they've got to um, hold literally millions of children's
0: doors. Plus, Mm. they have
1: more than one square floor.
0: That's true, mm. that's true. Yeah, but but it is the kind of world building that Pixar love to do, where like they love to like show you this universe that they have clearly spent years building, obviously, mm. behind the scenes on computers and stuff like that. And then they finally give you a chance, and it's like... I remember when I was watching the first 20 minutes of Inside Out, and I don't think I stopped smiling, because it was like, yeah. how have they come up with this? How have they come up with this? How, the, how have they worked this out? How have they made this literal? Like, the literal train of thought that came through oh. was a bit when I completely <laughs> lost it. And it's like, it, there's similar things in this, where it's like... They know that Italian pizza owner guy and he gives them stuff for free and like, but it's got little quirky designs in it so that it's not like an apple, it's like an apple with spikes. And like, it's just little things like that that just kind of leave you sitting there going, <laughs> I like how they've this. And... There's so
2: much work gone on behind this and so many ideas that haven't been put into this film and so much world building in this film that isn't actually in the film at all, like going on behind the scenes, mm. that are only the
0: best things that have popped up and come out. And you can see all the work that's gone behind the film. and I find. Yeah. It... And I love how, I mean, I even wrote this down, like I love how in the space of one scene, they introduce the concept of the doors the concept of going behind the doors to get the screams, all of the different monsters that come onto the scare floor, the records that they're going for with Sully and Randall, the competition between... Well, it's not really a competition between Sully and Randall. It's just kind of like Sully's happy just to be on the team and be the best scarer, and Randall's the really like vindictive, jealous yeah. one. But anyway, there's the competition. Then you have... They introduce this idea that the children are getting harder and harder to scare because they're getting older or... They're just used size. to... They yeah, they're kids these days, and they they're say. are much harder yeah. to scare. And then they also really have video the... 20, games. Yeah. <laughs> violent was, video games I and violent I movies. Was actually, is, that, is that
3: what they meant by that? I was kind of Maybe. wondering
0: what they meant by that, the kids are harder to scare Because the kid days. is staring... In that shot on the advert, the kid is staring at a TV and his face just kind of falls into his cereal. Yeah. And it's like, right, oh, yes. I'm bored. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe it's more that children are depressed rather than harder to scare. But I think
1: it's more that they're just, just desensitised. To the yeah.
0: Watching too much TV
2: and too many films. And, oh. playing and then too many kids games.
1: these
2: days. <laughs> kids these days when I was a kid, I used to go outside and play outside. And be scared. No, but then um, I guess that's
3: probably setting up the point that at the
0: end that kids will always love to laugh. That's not going to go away. Yeah. So, but then the nice also time. in that same scene, you get the 2319, which means that you get the child detection agency... <laughs> which means that, like, you also get um, and all of the guys in yellow. All of the suits are slightly
2: different to what you're fitted. That yeah, oh, and you
0: get all of this, all of this in about three minutes, yeah. which is great. Like, it's a really good way to introduce, like, not just the concept but like the inner workings of a concept. And it's a logistical nightmare to build yeah. a universe of any kind visually. And the way that they manage to do it like that in three minutes is really it really works in the film's favour like
1: every everyone in the CDA has lost their jobs
0: have they? oh they have they don't really? need yeah. that anymore yeah
2: because the children they realize they're no longer toxic
1: yeah
0: mm. maybe they're maybe they can ahead. be those
3: guys who put up all the party decorations in the factory <laughs> at the end or something maybe that's them
1: yeah yeah I just, it yeah. just struck me then the that the child decoration agency. The child decoration agency. <laughs> maybe some we of them keep are really the funny, and
0: they found new. Like, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, maybe some of them are really funny, and they always kind of secretly moonlighted as stand-up comics, <laughs> and now they have their chance. Just sort of like with Mike. But,
1: I like. What do you think about when um, just just before we get to that factory scene, about when we're first introduced to um, Mike and Sully? And the kind of friendship and stuff. Oh, like, their but, apartment
0: is great, and like I yeah. love their little friendship that they have. And you notice their chairs, the chairs,
1: and the training, the little training, and it sets up right from the beginning that Mike's the funny one. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, You
1: know, with the clock and things, and and I just I like also the, the, uh, the bunk
0: beds, yeah, twins bunk beds. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, and then. And you you get just, even in that like 30, 40 seconds, you get such a good glimpse of the kind of relationship. Like, I love the bit where Mike picks up the phone and then he's like, oh, it's your mum. And then carries on talking, <laughs> even though it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's Sully's mum and he, and he's like so excited about being in that advert and things. I just, I just it's nice I think that you get... Yeah, let the audience in extrapolate. That, you yeah. know what kind of relationship they've got. I wonder
2: they ever <laughs> get tired of each other because they live together and work together and they're best friends. And it's a small flat that
1: they
2: like, live in. Did they. Oh,
1: not, I don't know. Do well, it's a like small
2: time they spend so much time together all the time. Like, imagine, like, they, we live together. Yeah. Imagine if we also worked together oh, no and spent all of our time <laughs> together.
1: I think it, It yeah. It, 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 that would be hard, I think. It, it's weird to kind of imagine what their ages are. Like, are they maybe in their 20s? Yeah. Because I kind of think of them as in like 30s. I want to say, then like, yeah,
3: then they would have looked like,
2: about, how and, and have this part, together. How long have you been
1: together?
3: Well, I mean, I mean no. Sully is voiced by John Goodman, isn't he? He's got the voice of a freaking 100-year-old. Yeah. So, you know, uh, he, Sully feels like he's a oh. middle-aged man. And so does Mike. Him? No.
1: No. Not at all. I mean, no. How
3: would that work? I mean, well, how does any
1: of it work? <laughs> at yeah. one point, I was thinking, how... Is there, are they different species? Is there interspecies monster relationships? How do they have children? How many chromosomes do they have? And then I was like, okay, you're thinking too much. Well, I also think
3: Mike's body, like it's all in that ball. Like he must have like internal organs behind his eye. (laughs) Well, <laughs> his, his eye's too big isn't it his body is literally just a casing for really his really eye yeah. Yeah. he must have like his stomach's like that, um, here like under ever his ever eyelashes
2: seen, um, presumably it's all inside the eyeball oh. Oh. Oh, I was horrible. thinking
0: to myself have you ever seen that like that 2D profile of, of what the inside of an anime character's head oh it's just yeah like, it's just an just eye. eyes. <laughs> yeah yes yeah, so there's definite like
1: there's definite um questions about how monsters kind of come together and stuff but again it's a kids film again exactly. isn't it so you're not, meant, it. you're not meant to be thinking about those things yeah, speaking of into speaking
2: it. of overthinking things <laughs> right again just one more if you are stood behind one of the doors when it's open and activated what do you see hmm what do you mean? If you, if a human is stood behind it, so if a... no, if if anyone, if anyone is stood behind behind one of the doors at the back of one of the doors, oh, oh, god, and he's oh, into another di- in, into the kids' dimension, what do you see on the op- opposite? I think, oh, I, think, I, think you I don't you just want to think about
1: it. I think you just see through.
2: So is it? Uh, I don't yeah, want to think that, about I, that. I would like to think that. that I think would you probably just you sense. just
1: see it through one thing, and then it, the other way, it's I just stuff like that. you see through it. Or maybe
2: you see like the back wall of the closet room that that you is could awesome see so into
1: now. the closet because don't forget there are, the monsters are all coming out of the closet
2: yeah.
1: so maybe once you open that door you see into the child's closet if you're on the other side I think
0: the, so reason, the reason they go for kids who were like Boo's age and there's that bit at the end even where mike says you're in kindergarten right they don't go for kids like older than four well because
2: the the youngest ones
0: are easy to scare exactly but it's also like if the kid was too there is one like, that's a six-year-old at some point mm. Mm. yes so he maybe was like, only six yeah so maybe it's like if they open the door and then it's like one of those where it's like what and then they would immediately shut the door because they're scared
1: no they
3: no no, 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 no means... in the
0: monster's world if Sully was to go up to a door that he's about
3: to go in, but then he goes to the other side, round the back,
1: and someone, opens, and someone it.
3: opens it from the front and
0: goes into the kid's room, what does Sully see from the back of the door? Oh, just a, I would imagine just like the you would see the back of a mirror. Oh, the imagine. back of a mirror. Just, I mean, not like the back of a mirror. I mean, just like, just like a black nothing, just oh, black, no, you just no, see nothing.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay, so that, like, I, I always think, think that about like... the Avengers where they've got that portal in the sky, and I wonder what's on the. Or well, the side of it in the
1: sky. Yeah, if you is go really to the top
2: really weird. Yeah, I like Tony's explanation that it's probably you're only able to view from it from the front, and if yeah. you look at the back, then it just won't work. I
1: think maybe, maybe we should just let that one go. Yeah, because
2: I know, <laughs> I, know I don't like thinking about that. Well, no, I always see the back of a lot of doors, but you and you see the back of them. Um, for example, the, you, what made me think about it is when. Um, and I'm skipping way ahead of you. when the Banished and Sully is opening and closing the door trying to get it to work nothing. we're viewing the door from the back and we can see that it's not going to work because we can see the back of the door so then it made me think ah so we can see the back of the door so we know it's not going to open into the other world what mm. would happen if it was activated and I noticed that every time a door is open they're very careful never to place the animated camera at the back from the back perspective of the door is always from the front so you never see
3: what's behind the door until... again me totally uh, also
2: here's another question
3: <laughs> around so when you when they open the door they land straight into the bedroom they're not in the closet
1: no because the, it's almost as if you
3: the closet so is what if someone is genuinely in the closet and then they open the door I think you would and where also. have they just come from where are they walking out of? I,
1: I think you really would just confused. bypass them. Say oh.
3: there's someone genuinely in the kids' closet, the like real one, the door after the door that goes from the closet to the bedroom. A monster walks through it. Where have they just come from? Where they do come they come appear? From, they come
1: from the monster world. <laughs> it's it's not. They're not. The monsters are never in the closet. They open the door and they step from the monster world into the like human child's as bedroom as like a, a, portal. a portal. They never. Once that is door is activated, it ceases to be a, a, a way to get from the bedroom to the closet. It's a way to get from the bedroom to the monster's world and vice versa.
2: So, okay what yes. if someone was in the closet and then the monsters activated the door in their world and then they try and use that and door and then off? the person who is in the closet then uses the normal door to try and get <laughs> out of the closet
1: either the it manager. doesn't open yeah, or it I just assume, takes them into the bedroom yeah, anyway I would
2: assume yeah you'd either get two doors or um, it just doesn't open would yeah. probably be the best well, a more
3: simple, just a, a more simple gen- genuine question or maybe the closet ceases to exist until <laughs> the door powers down no, a more simple one that I feel like should be addressed is well I don't know do the mm. address this in the film is that if it's activated could a kid just walk through the other way? Yeah. I was just
0: I was trying to do the segue. This is how Boo gets yeah. into the Monsters <laughs> yeah. Universe. But I yeah you stole it off me. But no I mean I I mean what do we think of Boo's first moments in the Monsters universe like
3: I think it's really cute. It's one of those moments where um you know you know where like a film's been like a good setup and you've been enjoying the world and then something happens and you think, Oh, that's what the film's gonna be about. Yes. Yeah. So like, when you see Boo it's like oh this is a story. Okay mm-hmm. then yeah, I really, I really. And she's
0: established like very
3: early on, isn't she? So yeah,
2: that does and
0: me. I love the. Um, I mean, you know, it's coming. Like, I mean, it's one of my favourite kind of effects that filmmakers and TV makers and, and like TV makers use, where like or just directors use, <laughs> where like somebody walks off frame, but it doesn't cut. It just kind of stays there, and you know that something's either going to come back into the frame yeah. or something's going to happen off frame like in Monsters Inc where it's Sully walks off the frame Uh, with Boo on his back back. and And then it just sits there and you go okay I'm going to wait for his reaction and like in other films maybe films that have had less care put into them I don't mean to say this in a bad way like it would be too harsh but like a DreamWorks film would have Sully run back across the frame whereas Pixar are kind of nice enough to kind of let it work out audience, what's happening. They give the audience a bit more credit than that even though the audience yeah, is kids. They kind of, they, they don't have to show us in this moment. They can just kind of... Imply it, and we can go. It, oh. Is this where he's walking out of the locker room? Yeah, walking out yeah. of the yeah. locker room. So he's just had to
1: flush all the stuff. Well,
0: that's the thing. Like at that point, when he's
2: just before he turns around, what makes it really funny is that you think the thing that happens is that the door is going to open and all, and all the, the stuff is going to yeah, spill yeah. I've
1: seen that so many that film so many times, and I genuinely I still expected think it to yeah, I still expect that. that to happen. I expected it to all burst out of the locker and all this human gunk to like land on him, and it doesn't. And then he turn turns around and, around and, and there's boots
0: funny every time because well, it's, it's, it's a classic like there's a lemon behind that rock like it's yeah. kind of it's, it's the classic misdirection yeah. and, then, its and then
2: but it's not a misdirection because then later on it comes back and the thing does burst open <laughs> and land yeah. just waits wait. yeah.
0: yeah Chekhov's locker full of human it's like, gunk it's yeah. like
1: when you when you close a cupboard and you know something's fallen and you but think, you just leave it I could open that and, and solve that issue or I could wait for the next person to open it.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. That's kind of what that reminds me of.
3: But yeah, he kind of he closes the locker and then walks away like it's like, ah, oh, uh, that's resolved. Totally Because a he doesn't know... Human child locked in the locker.
1: <laughs> no, he doesn't know she's got out. Oh, no, he doesn't. Sorry, he doesn't know she's got We don't know yeah. she's got At this point, we think he's got her trapped in the room because they have that bit of to and fro where he tries to throw her back in the room and close the door and then he turns around and she's there. Hmm. Um and then we think he's got her safely back inside and then because he trips up and everything gets tangled around him and he runs off and there's a bit with the ducks wah, 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 and, um... <laughs> <laughs> and then we think okay he's resolved it and then he turns around and there she is hmm.
3: I don't understand why in the very first instance when he's still in the factory why doesn't he just tell someone 'Cause he hasn't done anything wrong. It's Randall who cut the door down. I think it's a
2: panic, isn't it? Done anything wrong? I think it's it a panic is just, it's just, I invest- think this
0: kinda of ties into the restaurant scene where like we're kind of saying, Why don't they just leave her there? But I think he just has this natural parental instinct that he's never had a chance to I fulfill. don't think it's
2: necessarily parental instincts, because even Mike helps to secure her at that point and Mike is a sensible one that wants to take her to the authorities straight away. Mm. I think it's a case
0: of... Um,
1: what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? the situation.
0: I think it's just yeah. him going like, there's a vulnerable... <coughs> I mean, he does try to get her back in, but once he realises that that's not going to be the case, I think it's just like, okay, there's a vulnerable person here and I have to kind of fend for her, maybe? I, no, like... see, I think
1: what it is... Because he traps her in the bag, doesn't he? And I think what it is, is he's very much used to relying on Mike to help him. And Mike's not and So he thinks, What's yeah. the fir- what, what do I do... I go to Mike. Like, that's and what then, Sully does. Yeah, he goes to Mike and
3: then drags into the... Yeah. Mike's
1: the one who thinks things through.
3: Yeah, I think if Mike had been yeah. there, it might have all been very quickly resolved. Yeah. They might have just told someone and got it back in the door and that would have been it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I it know. wouldn't have been resolved because, as we know, it's all part of a bigger plan from the top wow. Wow, wow. yeah. Wow.
0: What, what do we... Just because we're talking about the, the sushi restaurant scene, <laughs> what do we make of uh, Celia? Oh, I love Celia. <laughs> uh, the, the, the snake's idea is
3: such a simple one, but it's just it's like, such a good keep, way of expressing my emotion. Gets, my eye just gets drawn to the snake. Yeah, I kind of wonder, like, what is their existence? Like, these snakes are just like attached to someone. She's
1: Medusa.
0: Head. Yeah, I was gonna say she's Medusa, but oh, nice. It's
1: classic. It's classic, like mythology, isn't it? She's Medusa.
0: Yeah, um, yeah it is a good way of getting an um, expression out of her. But I mean, they hiss do, it, when she's angry. Here's a thing to think too much about. You know when she says that she's going to get her hair cut?
1: Yeah. Oh, no, I know.
0: Did the snake heads grow back?
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, those do. snakes her cut before. But the thing is, what, what yeah. happens is they get it cut and then the snake heads grow back when it gets to a certain length, Maybe yeah I because think because uh, they, were very, they were very perturbed about the thought of her getting yeah they were quite heart.
2: I think that's um, yeah. Pixar acknowledging the fact that there are a lot of little problems in this universe by having yeah. master characters yeah. and just sort of having fun with the yeah. idea beat the audience to yeah. it essentially mm. a bit of a meta joke form.
1: <laughs> what about a giant squid serving uh, sorry, a giant octopus serving people sushi
2: oh god didn't even think of that one is it an yeah. octopus or is it just an octopus shaped monster
1: i know exactly exactly <laughs> i like i like the scene i like the sushi scene because it's just it's funny i like the bit when celia when he's like you know the most beautiful monster is and then Sully, sully. pops up at the window Gay and shipping. sully and no yeah. and i just i find it i think it's funny and at Celia's very believable, and she obviously just is really loyal to Mike, because even at the end, even when she's angry at him, once he explains everything, she helps him. Mm. So it's just...
0: just twigged in my mind. Like, Mike and Celia have been together for how long? They don't live together. <laughs> Mike still lives with Sully. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we don't, know. We don't know how, we don't don't know how long them. they've
1: been together, but <laughs> I
0: just... poo Yeah.
1: yeah. The thing is, like, as an adult, um, when I was watching game. that scene, was when Celia was like, um, "I've had a lot of birthdays," and then she was like, "Well, not a lot of birthdays, yeah. because even a Medusa-looking female monster wouldn't want to be considered old." Yeah. <laughs> like oh, I don't know that I bit. Had, how many like, birthdays
0: is a lot? Like I've had twenty-four.
1: That's a fair few.
0: Is that? I mean,
3: you're old, you <laughs> Yeah. Go home. No, I feel like I I've had just... a lot of birthdays. I've had enough birthdays that I. Sometimes forget which one was which and forgot forget what I did on certain birthdays. I was just going to
2: say yeah.
3: I've had enough <laughs> birthdays for to be okay for me to stop having birthdays now.
2: Yeah. No. But that's just, you know. Maybe
1: not. But I, anyway, I, I... yeah, I, I like Celia. I like Celia's character. Um, mm. I like the sushi restaurant scene. I like how it all just goes to hell. Like, mm. there's no small build-up of people might find out there's a child. It's like, no, she's running around the restaurant and causing havoc, and it all—the restaurant basically gets like, I don't know, destroyed.
0: Oh, I love that when the CDA come in in it. I mean, I love their cleanup mm. operation for oh, twenty-three
1: nineteen. Stop.
0: Yeah. With the, it, it's basically like the, like a Formula One pit crew. Yeah. Essentially, like that's kind of how they up. strike me. But then they decide to just destroy the restaurant, mm. regardless of whether people are inside it or not.
1: I love the Um, the the bit when they're in the the flat and they're watching the news, and um, they're like interviewing those those witnesses. Yeah, (laughs) they're like. And they're like proper proper UFO enthusiasts, aren't they? They're proper like. I'm so glad that you
0: picked up on that as well. (laughs) News report is like rednecks on the news reporting alien sightings.
1: Yeah, like. It shot me with
0: its laser eyes. It shot me its vision. true, I saw the whole thing. With his about five
3: eyes. Yeah. That, that whole sequence though, especially the and restaurant, yeah. I really, I really like it as well because it follows that all kind of rule. Is that if you have a big world in a film that's like a completely imaginary made up world. The thing that really makes it work is if you show somewhere something going on that's got nothing to do with the plot it just helps enhance the world that there's other stuff going on here. It's like, as a positive example, it's like the Star Wars cantina where it's like, oh, there are people who just live here and they're not in the story. Or if you get something like I don't know, Ready Player One or something, where everything's just story, 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 mm-hmm. and I love stuff like this, like that sushi restaurant where you just go somewhere where nothing's going on. Well, just characters that you've yeah. seen
2: before doing just hanging out. Yeah, like,
3: they've like got that new recruit is there taking taking a picture,
2: and it makes you realize yeah. that they've put a lot of thought into where these characters go and what they do. And yeah, the, what not just like that, like each background character has their own little plot going on in the background as well that might not be relevant to the main plot but
3: it still exists and it's there to help build the world and when when they get back in the next morning when everyone turns up for work again the next morning it's like well actually I feel like they've had their evening like they've like, I can imagine going, oh, had, we had a nice evening to each other. It's like, oh, did you go to the sushi restaurant? Like, do you, you hear do about the child?
1: I... Yeah, it's like yeah. there's been
3: an evening that's passed where people have done things before they've gone back into
0: work. It's not just all about the main plot. And that's just something I always love. Yeah. yeah. And th- I kind of love how the, I mean, I suppose that's like the beginning of the second act, actually, the kind of like weekend at Bernie's kind of thing where they do, they put Boo <laughs> in the. Dress in in, they dress her up. They dress up as like a, a lizard
2: oh. couch. We've got no. talked about the scene where she's in the house. And that's the best thing oh, when he's feeding, a, yeah. like,
1: what well, I assume are Cheerios or Monsteros, or something. I love that she just puts head Ah! Yeah, and then he just <laughs> throws it at her and they're just doing normal kid things like which implies that monster children are quite a lot like human children that they know to give yeah. them some crayons and yeah, paper they and, do that and feed kind of them kind of Deliberately with
0: Sully like they, yeah. they make sure that it's him doing it because it's like he, he does the whole there's no monsters in the closet. Even yeah. the monsters, and which like, is when you start to see he really starts to bond with Boo at that point, isn't yeah, it? Cause yeah, because that's when he's he's also stood outside the bathroom, going, "Are you finished yet? Are you finished yet? Are you oh, finished yet?" Oh, that's the bit ne- I love that bit. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I mean, and you get that's when you kind of get to see that Mike very much wants to think his way out of problems, and Sully wants to kind of do his way out of problems, if that yeah. makes sense. And again, you see the kind of contrast between the two characters, and,
0: and it's then, the it? and they're just yeah.
1: the the very very kind of oh, what's the word I'm looking for obvious movie trope when Mike's just like so you just want to walk her into the factory huh we'll just we'll just <laughs> go and get her door and we'll just put her back in we'll just take her right in there and then the next scene is them yeah. walking her into the factory and mm-hmm. it's just I like that, and that this
0: scene, is a very bad idea
3: <laughs> and that scene before as well we get um, Mike's accidental gift for comedy where he yeah. <laughs> always, <laughs> always made me laugh so much as the slapstick of him rolling into the bin and getting all the books in his mouth and
1: then the speaker <laughs> lands on his head it's
3: like it's falling over and then there's that oh. <laughs> the because he's is- so much I he gets into that that's situation a, that's the really funny
2: thing about it is always that um <laughs> Mike is genuinely quite funny with the things that he says yeah. to an adult audience. Like, when you're watching it as an adult, the things that Mike says are actually really funny. But as a kid, it's the slapstick, slapstick. Oh, it's a slapstick it's it that you find is. funny.
3: Those, like, there's, there's pratfalls and then there's the stuff that Mike does, which is just like, <laughs> yeah. it gets himself into these death situations.
2: But it's oh, a good man. all in the name of comedy. Yeah. That dynamic about Mike trying to be funny, but it not working with kids... It's, like, it's in the film and it, it it's when you're watching yeah, the film it happens but it's true, also yeah. in the film itself that is true because right yeah. at the very end he's being funny but
3: the get only last when he's going through slapstick stuff well yeah. he's played by Billy Crystal who I believe is one of those 90s kind of oh have yeah. seen this on the news today blah 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 talk to the audience type comedians like he does at the end and then yeah. it's just not that funny <laughs> like slapstick is funnier yeah well <laughs> oh, it's what comedy always comes back to yeah Surprise. people like
1: seeing people fall over yeah
3: People love Miranda. It's funny. Failed on a <laughs> yeah. People falling over is very
1: funny. That joke's are funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's this kind of bit of the film where Randall actually really kind of comes centre stage. Like his plan starts mm. to, well, what I can decipher of it, starts to kind of come into this foreground a little bit. Like you see him separately from the main characters because mm. quite often in the first act it's just Randall opposite Sully, opposite Mike, opposite, you know, whereas... In the middle of the film, it's like okay, I know what's going on here. Sully and Mike have kind of like, are like harboring a fugitive, and I know, and I'm going to expose this. And like, he's
1: I quite like got
0: his buddy with the three eyes,
1: <laughs> fungus. Um,
0: <laughs> fungus, that's it. Yeah,
1: I quite like that they don't spend ages getting to the the someone finding out that they've got the kid because you know I like the fact that uh, Randall finds out that Mike and Sully have boo and then he confronts mike and says look we can make this work for both of us and it yeah. gives you the first inclination that it's not about beating the score record because there's that very funny bit when he says you think this is about beating the score record or whatever it is and yeah. then mike says well i did until you chuckles like that yeah and that's yeah. very it's funny and it's clever and i think it introduces a few ideas and it makes the plot move in a believable way like it wouldn't have been believable if they'd managed to completely keep it to themselves and then put Boo back. Yeah, there's back. a
0: lot of dramatic irony that you'd need to like hold up for a yeah. very long time there under basically impossible circumstances. So it works better for the film, as you're kind of saying. I think we've actually kind of said before that it works in the film's favour to have two people on the evil side, who actually know that all this is going on and they're just yeah. letting events play out? They know it's happening because there's no way you can avoid. Like we were talking about this with Randall when we, before it clicked with us that like um, before we all remembered that um, Waternoose, News uh, couldn't escape if I wanted to was in on it. Yeah. <laughs> and like with Randall scurrying about, opening that door in the middle of the night, taking all the canisters away, we were going surely somebody would see this. And it's like yeah, someone has seen it, but they just he knows. they're just letting it happen. Yeah. Is this the emperor's grand plan again? But um,
2: how does Waternoose fit through no, one of my the place doors? places to be with you.
3: <laughs> <Sorry>, good. <on. laughs> how does Waternoose fit through one of the doors?
1: Sideways.
3: He's just fit like he's very crowds. large. Maybe he can like tuck. Maybe he can turn himself into a kind of. Sorry, that's that's it. It. I'm, I'm not exactly asking the important questions here. Jake
2: am
1: I? with the life life-altering he, questions. Well, he's
0: your typical factory owner.
1: He never goes through the doors.
3: Has he ever been a scarer himself? Well that that's what probably I was thinking because the obviously, scariest like the... looking monster in the whole film but well, yeah, typical, I think like... I, I
1: don't know if where I've seen it, but I feel like I've seen some sort of like family portraiture and it's, Sully it's a says... couple of generations of water nooses and they, and they said and Sully says, you know, I learnt from the yeah. best and I think it's passed yeah, down. Because yeah. he is, he's creepy. Like if that appeared in my room I'd scream.
3: I probably wouldn't scream at Sully because he looks quite friendly and nice. Well, if he if he wasn't
2: an animated character and he was an actual enormous blue bear with horns, yeah, yeah I think you probably would be a little scream. bit
3: scared. That's something I meant to mention actually, quickly, is that although it's a world of monsters, I like that it's built into the story that not all of them are actually that scary. Like Mike is not scary. Yeah, it's just so the they have job. these engineer roles and they yeah, have this, because... the sushi chop and octopuses.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because and I mean i so like I I think I mentioned this while we were watching it, it's so hard for me to talk to- talk about this film in isolation from what we now have gathered from Monsters University. Yeah. Because they're not thirror <laughs> is just one job in this world and monsters aren't inherently meant to be scurry, but some of them are, and some of them are meant to be scurrers and some of them are meant to be engineers and this and this and that. And then obviously at the end, they're not all funny. So Sully doesn't go and Mm. try and make the kids laugh because he's too scurry. So, you know, like you say, it's good that they've got all these different roles. Yeah. And it's not that it's not meant to be telling you that all monsters are scurry. In fact, it's meant to be the opposite. Most of them aren't.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. with that. With them, um, just in the middle, like with more focus on Randall, this is kind of where my issues with the film begin to kind of creep in. Because mm-hmm. I'm still not quite sure how effectively communicated Randall's grand plan really is. But I don't
1: think it's his plan.
0: Or even Waternoose's, and I'm not sure News is in it. He's not in it as a presence enough yeah. to kind of be the person pulling the strings behind it's it's there and you know by the end, but, but it's, just it's not, not constantly weaved throughout. It's no. it's something that kind of just gets thrown in.
1: I think what I I think Randall invented the machine and came up with the idea as possibly a way to get his numbers up. What yeah. he stumbled upon it and realised it was something they could use to save the company. So kind of begrudgingly brought Randall on side and mm. then went ahead and kind of used used his machine.
0: Yeah, just, as part of his. I was kind of sat there. Company when... saving plot. Yeah, it just it's it's a bit like it's a bit of a slim motive.
1: I, think, I, I need to
0: save I think... the company. Like, no, it just seems no, a...
1: I to, I believe it. I do believe it. And with Randall, well, I think
3: I his motivation is just... to just be at the top. Like he wants to be, you know, in on the ground floor with things, and you know, so he gets in with Water He is the top dog. He's squeezing Sully out of the business. He just wants to be at the top. I feel like that's all it is with Randall. And with water yeah, I think we've covered it quite a lot. I think with water I get it. And with Randall, it's just a I, simple. T- I did get it, but there
0: thing. were just there were bits of it where it was just like when Mike was in front of the um, the scream extractor or whatever it was called. What was it called? Scream extractor. Yeah. Scream extractor. And I, I remember thinking to myself, what what does he plan to do with this again? Like we kind of went over it. Like, do they just kidnap children forever and run their world on it? Like, is that? the greed that they're going after. Like, they're just... They're not bothered about how many children they frighten and scare or bring into their universe. Don't like,
1: forget, even if Waternoose has accepted that they're not toxic or anything anymore, he doesn't care about them. He just sees them as an energy source. That would be like asking, is yeah. it—is it immoral to burn coal? Well,
2: exactly. He's literally... I mean, he's been um, in this family business for literally his whole yeah. life, seeing children as or, just or an energy or source. Or a better
1: way, it would be like asking <coughs> a, a dairy farmer... If he thinks it's immoral to milk a cow?
3: Yeah. That's actually quite similar. Really. I'm just trying to yeah. I'm
0: trying to think where does this then what's the benefit? It, it does Waternoose Waternoose knows that children aren't like scary and toxic. Yeah. So what benefit does it give him for the monsters to never touch them? If no, it, like, they, they genuinely think the children are that's, toxic. Yeah. The, the, I was I, on, I was wondering about this think and you said
1: that yeah. I think it would have been a revelation to Waternoose to find out that they're not
3: because that does right. actually change everything, and you're right. With that knowledge, Waternoose's plan doesn't make much sense. I think
1: probably what happened is Randall accidentally found out that they weren't toxic, and then you know came up with the sc- the scream extractor idea. Well, the very
0: fact that Boo is in the universe and not causing that much havoc really yeah probably... reinforces
1: it. Yeah. But I think Randall found this out, came up with his idea, Waternoose stumbled upon it, and. Vandal explained to who that they're not toxic he saw it for himself but kept that information under wraps because it, it, to create a culture of fear for the thing that you're working with yeah. helps to keep people under control that's yeah. true and to have
2: this um, we
1: are keeping you safe oh yeah I know and, and to
2: propaganda. have this deliberate yeah. culture of fear like Tony said of making sure the monsters never touch the kids and never interact with the kids Don't
1: touch the products. means
2: that the relationship between the kids and the monsters is strictly only ever going to be to use them for energy it never well, is pro- and the po- professional and, yeah. And, exactly yeah it is never going to grow to be anything more because it's not given the chance because the monsters believe that by interacting with the kids
3: any beyond what they do uh, they may die and and his point is prove obviously sully doesn't die but his point is proven is that sully immediately does become attached to a kid yeah. once he starts yeah. to touch them and, and then no, not all you all
1: Yeah if yeah. you attach to something if you think something if you if
0: you give it a name if you
1: give it if you even if you just make human kids not toxic, then they might start thinking, well, is it right to make them scurred? Whereas if they're yeah. evil and toxic and bad for you, then you're not going to yeah, feel Yeah, if you turn them into a number, then... it's easier to dehumanise
0: yeah. them. like easy. no one cares about Literally killing de- wasps because wasps sting.
1: Them.
3: Yeah. There's a lot of layers to all this. And I actually, I, I know that you're raising it as a, as a point of contention. I actually think this is a good thing about the film. I think that there are a lot of layers to this. There are a lot of things to consider about the whole ethics of the whole thing that they're doing the whole use of kids as power and how they develop it and stuff. I feel like that's one of the most interesting parts of the film. Mm. I like that we're having this discussion about it really. I, yeah. think, I think it's really interesting.
0: But um, it's a plus point. Obviously then everything kind of I mean I love the line, because um, obviously at this point Walter News he kind of he knows that there should be no witnesses and then there's that great line where it's like, that's not her door, it's yours.
1: Oh, yeah. And then he tips and them into cold. it. that's cold. That's really was amazing. cold. Yeah. Literally,
0: because they end up yeah. in the, <laughs> they up in the <laughs> Himalayas. They end up in the Himalayas. Which oh, is we, a kind of... Have we spotted John Ratzenberger there? Yes, we did spot John Ratzenberger. Yeah. As the I have to storyline. ask,
1: though, who who built that door on the mountainside?
2: In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of, of the village. Himalayas. Presumably so maybe a monster went into the human
0: world and built it there on purpose.
1: How? why yeah. another, another when? this is something <laughs> this is this is, this is where the the, this
0: is where i actually had this uh, you kind of notice the film realize that it's reached a point that it needs to get back from to resolve things in 20 minutes and a lot of things happen very conveniently very quickly yeah oh there's a village 3 miles away Oh, there's there's children in that village. Oh, they've all got doors that can get oh, back to your university. scared
1: you know, tonight. Tonight is this village's turn to be scared.
0: Yeah, and like, and it takes three days to hike there, but it takes twenty five seconds on some skis. <laughs> like, and even if you fall over, and it just it's it, it, it not like a huge issue because like okay, it's a kids' film. I have to remember this, but like I'm just kind of sat there thinking. They could have just given this 10 minutes to breathe, 10 minutes yeah. to feel like they were further away.
1: And why does... More
0: helpless.
1: Why like, is the abominable snowman never
0: Yeah, that's home. what I was about to say. It's, it's so, so achie- easy for Sully so to go back. achieves it
1: in like five minutes, and then Mike practically maybe five minutes after him. Maybe he is happy there. He does though. say it's
0: beautiful, and he has, you know, endless supply yeah, and of snow coats. Yeah,
1: basically, like, made for that environment. Mm. But how is it so easy for, you know... Obviously, we don't know why The Abominable Snowman's no, been... Because it, kind
0: of, it reduces the stakes when like, you make the dramatic twist of the film is that Sully might get thrown out of Monstropolis, but then they make it back within Three the space of a comedy scene and then a quick snap resolution. It just seems a yeah. little... It, it's just a little a bit contrived, fast. really,
2: isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. and it,
1: it makes the yeah. drama between Mike and Sully not as as big as I remember it being when I was younger. I mean, that's yeah, the, that that is scene the scene where they fall out. That's the yeah. scene where I stopped liking Sully. Yeah, because Mike was at least trying to have a conversation, and Sully the just whole
2: time. point
1: yeah. blank Ignores ignored him, him and just walks out on his friend. And I understand why he's doing it, and he's doing it for Boo, and he meant to care about Boo, and I get that, and that's fair enough. And Sully realizes that. It's time-dependent, and she's literally in danger. But he couldn't have had, like, 30 seconds to talk to his friend.
2: Exactly. Or even
1: apologise. If that was an
2: adult relationship, then that whole conversation would have been both very unhealthy and very self-centred.
1: Yeah, I just find that... And I want to know what causes Mike to switch and suddenly go after him? Because it can't be much, that much longer.
0: Yeah, we're never, we never sit with
3: him, yeah, do we? Yeah, I was thinking about that. You have to assume it's just like the power of friendship or something. The power of movie. friendship because, you. Because, because, yeah, because at this point, Sully has completely ruined Mike's life, despite Mike's best efforts. Yeah, he like, has, Mike has completely. Done, Mike, other than helping uh, Sully to get Mike into the factory, he's done, uh, sorry, helping Sully to get Boo into the factory, Mike has done nothing wrong. And his whole mm. life is over, like literally over. He's gonna die on a mountain. With yeah, endless ice no I, I really struggle to see why he forgives Sully for that, because Sully doesn't seem yeah. particularly I think it's because deep uh, regretful. Down,
1: deep down, Mike cares about Boo in the way Sully cares about Boo, much to probably to Mike's own disgust. And he doesn't, and he wants to help as well. But he just wanted to be able to err his feelings. He wanted to be able to say you've made me feel like this and caused this situation for me and I want you to feel bad for it. No, let's go and fix the problem. But Sully doesn't give him anything. He doesn't say, I'm sorry. He doesn't say, you're right. He doesn't say, let's, you know, let's fix this and then we'll fix your problem. He's all just like, I'm going, bye. Bye. I mean, when they actually get back, I...
0: I, I mean, it's kind of strange because it feels like the most obvious comparison point, but I do absolutely adore. Shouldn't have used the word adore, but I love the bit where uh, they go adore. in to the basically just the big door matrix. Oh, yeah. As Tony it, says, it felt like a little bit like the moment in Toy Story 2 where they go exactly into the, the baggage room. To me, it, it, to yeah. it feels exactly the same as, as that. As Tony
2: yes. says, and Andy said for Toy Story 2 when we watched that scene why is that not a ride in Disneyland? Yeah,
1: yeah why? Hmm. Why is the door hall, shrine, I don't know, why is that not a ride at Disney World? Because I would ride the heck out of that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: to me that scene feels like, um, I think I said about Toy Story, where one of the things I loved about it the most <coughs> is that they've set things up so that for the big action finale they can use them. And like it delivers on what they've done so far. And I love that about this, is that they've set up this thing with the doors that can take you anywhere as portals. And when now they've got that concept set up, they can use that for a big yeah, action sequence. Yeah, I love all the way and they it go flows through the different naturally, and it's and so much fun. But yeah. it doesn't feel yeah. contrived or silly or over the no. top at all, because it's built into the story. Yeah, it's a really, really great idea. If you assume that they have, like,
2: literally hundreds of thousands of doors in there as well, though, it is a little strange that every door they go through comes out, near. Comes out right near Boo's door.
1: Yeah. Well, it comes not even just near I mean, the door. That's
3: just it, the law of storytelling.
2: It comes it really,
1: out near it? the door. They've just gone in, and the only thing I can assume is doors, doors. that are geographically close to each other in the human world are shelved in the same area. Then, that's the only But then we logic. go through
0: different countries. Yeah, we go through presumably Hawaii, presumably Japan. Presumably I don't know. I'm yeah. just mean
1: because what I'm assuming is they've come through. Say they came through a closet in this room to get back they've gone into a different room in the house and gone through another closet uh, so i mean like all mm. of the houses doors yeah, you are do see that because they're in other. one
2: hut on the beach and then they run
3: into another hut
1: and and right next door. to it and go through another yeah. door
3: and that's
2: how why they it.
1: can't just go back through the door they've come through is beyond me but that's you know
3: the other thing is almost every time well randall finally gets this at the end i'm just you know proceeding it with that but almost every time that they come out and then go oh there he is they spot it because Randall is noticeably hanging onto the edge of the door. With he's the, invisible. I don't, well, one, he's invisible. I didn't even think of that. Why it doesn't was, he make what, himself visible? Why doesn't he just go inside? You would never spot that door amongst millions, but you would spot Randall hanging onto the edge. Why doesn't he just go inside? Yeah. And he finally does that at the end, but only when they've already caught him.
1: And um, Randall, when he gets thrown into that door at the end, that's the only time they ever encounter a human. Like they're yeah. going in and out of all of these doors and they never see a human.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, not once. Lucky. Maybe they're all out. Maybe they're all at work. Yeah, everyone's
1: yeah. getting coffee at the same time. The
0: Probably. other thing it raised for me is,
3: I know we keep coming back to this um, abominable snowman bit as the sort of weak point of the plot, but it does kind of make me think it's impossible, surely, to truly banish someone. They can just walk straight back in. Like, yeah, how can people find, be banished? Well, this
0: is what I mean about the world is made
1: so of The thing yeah, that yeah. I, I think is, as much as I don't want to get into the backstory of the Abominable Snowman, but he strikes me as someone who was maybe a vocal against using children's screams and things like that, and maybe he was just against the whole, the whole he likes life. The village, doesn't he? And he was outspoken, and he got banished for that. And he yeah, thought, he you know what? I'm quite happy where I am. Bigfoot, on the other hand, went to shit apparently. <laughs> But um, and and I know I don't even want to know about the Loch Ness monster. But I think those are just things that we kind of just have to accept as as a given.
3: I've got, I've got to say that you've really, you've really, truly bothered me with that door in the mountain.
1: Why where is did it? That there? Come from
3: that's really really bothered me.
1: I think. How have humans not come across <laughs> it? And why? How? I think also it's It's like those. a big metal door. I know.
0: Where like. It's a door. What does it get its power? Of, may, maybe it just it appears when it's supposed to appear.
1: Oh or no, some it, the door like of requirements. Always, well,
0: yeah, yeah, to be fair, yeah, the door of requirements. Regarding <laughs> the power.
2: I think the power only has to come from the, the monster world. Door, yeah. yeah,
1: I got I got that, but I just that's why you can't go back through it once well, yeah. the door's been switched off. If that's why all the closet doors aren't constantly linked to the monster world. But I just where where did the door come
3: from? If we're getting into this though, if we if we're opening that door but then, um, where did the doors come from at all? Like, are they just generated when a new closet is built? Do they I just know, appear?
1: What happens <laughs> like, <laughs> if you, like, build a new house? Do they just get a delivery yeah. of new doors? Is, oh, no, because in Monsters University, they have a door building class. Because Mike gets, does Mike get put in it or something? And it's about designing and building doors. Door or, design? Yeah.
2: Is Monsters in- Incorporated the only power generator in the whole Monsters universe. Oh, is, or it, just or is it just in monsters? Well, they've got doors well, to
3: Hawaii. That's absolutely. the thing. Like, so. if,
2: if you think that, that there are multiple, like, scur factories across the monster world, how lucky is Sully that he, one, <laughs> manages to go to a village in which one of the doors in the whole world is connected to a door in that factory, specific factory. And two, he manages it to time it so perfectly that he goes through the door... When someone is using that one gonna, door to scare the child. I'm going
3: to blow your mind. Clearly, Monsters World—not just Monstropolis—clearly Monsters World is another world. So maybe people in other parts of it, outside of Monstropolis, their doors go to different planets. Oh
1: my God! What, Monst- yeah. What if don't the monsters in Monstropolis in use us Earth? Somewhere?
3: What if they go to other places, like In Mars. other cities? Martian babies.
1: Maybe.
3: So there we go. How exciting!
0: Marsh and anyway, right, so I think they've we're got somewhat back, off the point.
1: <laughs> they've got back and they've... Um, Randall's
0: managed to kidnap Boo.
1: No, I think, I think, you know, they, they get back. Mike and Sully make up and then they go through into the, the door warehouse and they have all of that funny scene where they're chasing each other through the doors and then finally... Yeah, it's they really throw, I they, like
2: that scene. they
1: throw Randall into the... Abyss. Into the abyss. Are we kind of accepting that he gets killed by the woman with the shovel? And that, that and he never comes or back,
0: or he just becomes a very 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 submissive pet. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a, of, he's a gator. we have
1: a gator that can change colour. Well,
3: there's the whole trope of Disney death, isn't it? And that you yeah. cannot, you, in a kids' film, you cannot ever see someone die. No, it's but I think we're a we just room, so you have to just assume, accepting yeah. that
1: he is, because otherwise he's just going to come back through another door, people. Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't matter if you destroy the door because that happened to Sully. He's just going to come back through another door. So we kind of just have to either accept or assume that he gets killed there and then. So then they're running away to put Boo back into her door and then the, the whole switcheroo happens where they trick Waternoose. How and when and who comes up with him? It's got to be Mike who comes up with that plot. But how has he come up with it so fast? Yeah, because
2: you, you see... I've never noticed before, but when you're watching, you see that... Um... Sully takes out Boo's door from the power thing and puts in the practice door and then jams it in and then he does the whole switcheroo thing.
1: No, he doesn't. He takes the practice door out and he puts Boo's door in. But the practice thing is a practice thing. It's not uh, an actual... It's not going yeah, to take course. you to yep. another... But he's counting on what and not noticing that. He's counting on noticing. In his
2: rage. And then during that whole process of them being in that room for a couple of seconds, Mike manages to get both him and all of the people that are watching Mm it into the the practice room. Which seems impossible because
3: Sully got there before Mike and Waternoose was right behind Sully. So that seems literally impossible. So,
2: yeah, it is a bit of a problem. Unless but it's a second door. I will allow it because it's a nice reflection for the beginning opening scene. Yeah, you know, I, love it, I love it. Yeah, I love re- it. Back it back back again, and you know. it's pull that oh, again. And it's the very
1: typical, I mean, if you think, of, as you think <laughs> of Zootropolis, it's the typical, we've got you on tape saying something bad. You know, I'd kidnap a hundred children. I'd shoot a thousand predators if I needed to. Like, it's... It's a very easy device to catch someone. So
0: we've
2: established that it is illegal to kill children in the monster's world.
1: I don't think it's illegal. Children. I think it's just, you know, it's not ethical. And also, if the, most of the monster's world still thinks they're a toxic substance, it'd be like saying, I'd bring oh, a in a thousand pounds of plutonium yeah, yeah, yeah. if... Yeah. Yeah.
3: Or it could yeah. just be one of those things That's that so like fun. has never been spoken about in their society, never been addressed yeah. before, and now the person in charge of it has outright said it. Oh, let's kidnap and kill kids. Maybe it gives them some pause for thought to think, actually, no, yeah. we don't want to do Plus, this.
1: Plus, Roz says, Roz number one, says that she's been working undercover for two years, so maybe she's known that there's been something going on because yeah. why would she be there undercover? You know, because yeah. she says it was nearly all blown, but you can't... Kind of brought it back in the end so she obviously there was obviously people have been keeping an eye on water news maybe the cd um the cda have always known that they're not actually toxic
3: maybe or, or, also, we
1: a, a, someone in it has known
3: have we spoken about roz really
2: How i love it? roz she's just great that voice oh, that they do yeah she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's in three scenes really and... oh,
1: he's I'm watching. it's
2: voiced by a man
1: Yeah, and... That
3: voice is just like... That's exactly how I imagine a slug...
1: Sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is definitely just a giant slug.
2: And then they pull a switcher on her and it turns out she's ahead of the whole
0: CDA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: which you don't you do not see coming. Like as a child, I was like, I did not see that coming. I don't I even always think it's supposed to
0: apply much thought to it. I think it's just like a, a bit of humour. Here's a silly character from earlier on that we don't really have a place for in the final act. Hey, let's just say she's the head of this secret organisation. Yeah, but not. she's good. She's, it's yeah, good. It's fine. Like it's a nice bit of humour to cap it off, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
1: So they've sort of you know they've save the world but suddenly they kind of realize well actually
0: oh i love that all
1: of the energy is going and the plant's going to shut down and while it isn't really mike and sully's fault because it was happening anyway and the way to solve it is not to kidnap children and they make you feel like oh this is a problem they have to solve and then i like that it's sully that solves it Mm. and not mike necessarily
0: especially with the frame of mind he's in because i love the fact that like Randall gets dealt with, Water News gets dealt with, uh, the CDA get dealt with. Everything gets dealt with. All of the like the the conflicts that have been coming throughout, uh, that have been present. Sorry, throughout, are are kind of neatly wrapped up in a little bow, and then you realise that the biggest conflict of them all was something that we didn't realise because. which is well, essentially, yeah. You like? No, <laughs> well, no. I mean, I mean, I know it's a joke, but you're essentially right. It's just the fact that inevitably Boo will have to be put back,
1: uh, and it's something theme. that
0: you've. It's you forget, you know. Boo can't stay in the monster world forever.
1: That bit when she opens the door and goes Boo and expects him to be there, and he's not, and she's not. She's lost a little sock, and oh my god, oh. that breaks my heart.
2: Is that one of the?
1: 19. Yeah, the That, that
2: is, that's the one.
0: His mouth. the one. Oh, mic, yeah. Yeah. okay, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I just, sense. it makes me, it's just, it's so sad. And
0: you can see the little and hand.
1: Sully understands, but doesn't? In the middle of, of all that for, and, yeah. Oh. You
2: know what I find very interesting? The very end of this film, where we see Sully open the door, and then we hear, Kitty! Obviously, we never see Boo, so we don't know what she looks like or anything. And how old Ma- she is. Maybe she's aged a bit. But what is interesting is that perfectly sets up the film for a sequel because you want to did. see what happens next
3: but then they do the reverse and create a prequel
2: that, I, I that think that's best though I
3: think it's best that we don't see yeah it. those
1: last like however many frames when it's just Sully's face Aww. and he sees oh, Boo so and she says Kitty and then his pupils just dilate Mm -hmm. oh that's just fantastic that is really fantastic so what
3: do we think that I mean I liked well the thing is she was such a little kid that at that age ageing is rapid and it's drastic so she probably is notably older
1: I reckon it's probably a year on yeah
0: if that I think it's just kind of establishing the fact that he can't go back all the time but if he ever wants to go back he can just visit if he wants. Well, that do you think he will? And do you think he does go back? Yeah, regularly? I
1: think he. They grow up together, and she, oh. and he's always part of her life. He
0: becomes an imaginary friend to outsiders. That kind yeah, of that
1: kind of thing. And you know, he always. I mean, obviously, Boo's gonna move, and, and things like older, that, and things yeah. like that. But I, I think they'll always have the door. I think they'll always kind of be connected. And then her kids, because we don't know how long Sully lives.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No. Exactly. It's yeah.
1: I, I think that's that it is it's that nice to have that nice possibility. It yeah, really ends well, and I love that it was Mike that went to the effort of rebuilding the door yeah, for Sully. Yeah, that, that is that he a lovely. Like yeah. rather than just yeah. Sully's doing it in, you know, in secret kind of thing, he's rebuilding Boo's door. It's Mike does it for Sully, and then obviously Sully's kept that last piece. Yeah,
2: Boo has been the source of a lot of con- conflict between yeah. the two of them, and yeah. then Mike realizes the value of he's it, just again another example of how nice Mike is despite the fact that Mike was probably in the right the whole time <laughs> he still recognises how important Boo is to yeah. Sully and goes through all that effort to rebuild the door
1: Mike for him. is the and hero and choking of... his hands with all those splinters oh, in know. <laughs> oh. Mike is the hero of Monsters Inc friendship he is, is a just, true he
2: must hero have been, of
3: this film he, he's been spending so much time in it, his fingers are cut to shreds he's been doing <laughs> it presumably at work like what <laughs> does Sully think he's been doing all this time like,
2: how, it's Going on a, well, it's, it's typical of Sully's personality to not, not notice, <laughs> not
1: even realise.
2: You didn't realise that I've done all the washing and you haven't done any of it.
1: I like that Sully kind of takes takes on my like running the business role at the end
0: with a little tie.
1: Yeah, with a little tie. Oh, don't get me started on who wears clothes and who doesn't in this film. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> I think yeah. I think ultimately it's you know it's Mike and Sully's friendship, and that final gesture from Mike sums it up entirely.
0: Hmm. hmm. Um. So do we Should go through with just overall? Yeah. Let's do our ratings. Yeah. So who who goes first? Do we do guest last or guest first? Guest last. Guest last. Andy. Um. I'm thinking about it.
3: I think I'll give it an eight. Uh, I really enjoyed it.
1: Is this out of a yeah, ten, right. by oh. the oh. way?
3: Well, yeah. You can use whatever metric you like. There. Jake likes to um, use baked potatoes out of five
1: okay
3: fair enough um i'm giving it an eight out of ten i thought it was really good not as good as toy story or bugs uh, toy story 2 or bugs life um i i I think there is sort of small problems with it mainly the fact that it's it's more of a direct kids movie than the others seem to have been Mm -hmm. so that you know there are things as we pointed out things that are glossed over that are confusing us a little bit as adults um maybe I don't know maybe the characters just don't really like pop as much for us as they do in Toy Story because we struggle to really name favourite characters apart from Mike and Sully yeah um, I, I I still really really enjoy it though you know Pixar's got such a high standards I'm having to be so harsh with this whole series that we're doing because <laughs> all of these movies are basically tens really yeah but if it, if it's all relative then you know I'm giving this an eight and it's you know very very solid entry and I'm looking forward to Monsters University I want to see more of this world though. yeah Uh, Jake what about you? Um,
2: I can't remember what I gave to Toy Story 2 and A Bug's Life um, I think I would probably give this one an 8.5 which would be my highest rated one so far really? yeah yeah oh, is you know. it? Yeah, I I it? was A uh, Bug's Life not an 8.5? no I think i give both Toy Story 2 and A Bug's Life an 8 I All think right. I would um, rate this one slightly higher because I think it's just more enjoyable to watch it's a lot more fun there's a lot more world building in it um there's a lot of fun questions you can ask about how the world works, but again, none of it really matters because you know, it all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. matter. No, yeah, it all yeah. just serves to enhance uh, the story. No, in the Toy
0: world. Story 2 is your highest. Oh, what did I get? Toy Story 2. Nine. Oh, I oh. get Toy Story 2. Okay, I'll keep this at an eight and a half. Eight and, and a half. Right. Okay.
2: Um, enjoyed it more than a Bug's Life, um, even though a Bug's Life is probably a little bit more dear to me as a
3: film. <laughs> but, but but this is more probably more dear than either of them to you, isn't it? Really. Or is Bugs, Life, is Bugs Life still the most sort Bugs of... Bugs Life's the
2: one that I grew up with. And I, I grew up with Monsters, Inc. as well, but Bugs Life was, you know, years before yeah, that. Yeah, um, Yeah. really great film. Really solid, solid Pixar film.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go 7.5, I think. Um, I felt a bit bad, but I just... I, don't, I mean, first of all, I just don't have the same sentimental connection to this that I do the other ones that we've watched so far. I think if I did, I would probably bump this up to an eight, but I don't, so I'm not going to. Um, it's it's very funny. I love the universe that it's in. I love the world building that goes into it. I love Mike and Sully's relationship, and I love the fact that Boo is like the perfect foil for both of them, and that all seems to work. The logistics of it seem to come together really well. I like Randall as a villain generally, But I think when you look into the deeper aspects of how he's plotted as a villain and how his plan comes together, how the universe fits together, how Walter Noose is the real master of puppets behind the strings, behind this, behind that. I'm not quite sure how well it's communicated. I'm sure with enough thinking and explaining, it could probably make sense, but I want the film to do a better job of that itself. I mean, Pixar films are usually really good at explaining things, usually really good at directing things, usually really good at showing you rather than having to say it but I don't know how strong that aspect of this film is and I think that's why I'm just going 7.5
3: But I I, I do think though, I do think it's better repeating that, you know, it is all relative isn't it I think as a kids film, which is what this is it's surely, you would agree one of the higher tier Kids' films. It's just because Pixar standard is so high, really. Isn't
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, we're talking like, I mean, I mean, Cars was probably the first misstep. Yeah, think, and even then, so. that's still a, and know, even a then, solid six. It's still pretty good. Yeah. So, okay, well, if we're going that far ahead, I guess Cars Two is probably the only misstep. of <laughs> Yes, <us. laughs> that's definitely a misstep. I mean, that's a misstep off a cliff, but like, um, yeah, no, just seven point five. It's good. I really enjoy it, but I think. Watching it as an adult and thinking a little bit harder about how things fit together and how the deeper aspects of the film, like the, the inner workings, are communicated, I think you have to put a little bit too much effort in to fully get it and appreciate it. And like, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, okay. So, Tony, um, I think
1: it. I think we'll go with eight point five, like Jake. I couldn't give it a nine. Because I think that's too. It's not perfect. I almost want to,
2: but I feel like yeah, if I did it. Be nostalgic. I want to,
1: but I think it's because I loved it so much growing up. I think, as objectively as I can be, I think an eight point five is a good score for it. I like the fact that it's more about my Sully than anything else. Mm. That it's what a a Buzz and Woody film would be if it, if it wasn't set in, you know, if you hadn't had all these other characters in Toy Story. I love the fact that the whole crux of the story is about their friendship and their relationship and how they work together, even if you don't realise that as a child. I think it's clever. I think it's funny. I don't think the plot's too complicated for children, but I think it's complicated enough that there's some drama and they get some surprises and they're introduced to things like that. You know, I think it introduces, an, in a subtle way, some very big concepts like ethics and things like that. Yeah. And And I just I like it. I think it's a really really good film. In the context of Pixar, it's probably not an eight point five. But as a film, I think it is an eight point five. I like it a lot. Right.
0: Actually, speaking of uh, very, yeah, I think in terms of introducing kiss to things, I think this was our first major, like properly like on screen like intimate, strong, passionate couples kiss. Yeah. between um, Mike and, and Celia, Celia with they the snakes few, going all oh, over Mike his snakes. face. Yeah. I
1: like that earlier on, Mike dips Celia and kisses her and then at the end, Celia dips Mike oh. and they all, you know, and it's nice. Yeah. I just think, yeah, I think that's really good because we've had sort of Jesse and Woody, um, sorry, Jesse and Bo Peep and, you know, a little bit of flirting from
0: yeah, yeah Jesse yeah. and
1: Bo Peep there's, there's a lesbian <laughs> ship and a half Jesse and Buzz <laughs> Jesse and Buzz and Woody and Bo Peep and you know whatever in Bug's life but yeah, it's
2: Prince never been Flick, yeah. they've
1: never been like an established couple and things like that I just I really like that and I just yeah that aside I just think it's really good I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of really good elements to the film yeah
3: I think that that's what's shown like one of the things that's before is that this just all feels real yeah right, I, I like the fact that Mike and Celia's relationship is not part of the plot I, Nobody, it, it They just start. Exists. They start as a couple. They manage to maintain their relationship throughout the film. Yeah. It's just an incident in their lives, whereas you know most films of this kind would use the romance as part of the story. But because it's, it's just this is just you feel like you're just seeing the thing that happened in their lives. you see in a snapshot. It feels real. I, I, that's what I really really like about this film is that I feel yeah. like we're genuinely seeing into a world. Absolutely. Which is very high praise
0: I think that I can give to it. So. Um, yeah. So. Unless anybody else has anything to say i guess we'll just introduce the fact that next time it's the return of Nor. As,
1: <laughs> as we, we, got do, nemo, as we, we yeah. do finding
0: nemo um which is one of the ones i said before that i owned on dvd and watched a hell of a lot <laughs> i think that was um... See, i feel
1: like that's when i've seen less yeah of all the pixar films but i love pixar it i still but, love yeah. it i still think it's excellent um it's
2: when pixar started to go really big with finding nemo yeah. oh yeah Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really big. looking forward to I touch know, the a mass the audience success, really
1: yeah, yeah. with that
0: yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so yeah. we'll be back with that one and uh, more familiar voice to everybody. But thank you very much, Tony, for being oh, on. Oh no
1: problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you very much, Tony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a perfunctory boss
0: This
3: was an episode with yeah, you've a hero named Tony. So, yeah You've been
0: an
1: excellent
3: guest. Thank you very much. Yeah. But not as good as now. Can yeah. we finish with a can we finish with a group round of <laughs> put that thing back where it came from? Oh, so healthy. So, so happy. So so help help and it